A Jedi. So then, are you a Sith? The Sith became far too obsessed with trying to outwit each other. It resulted in them completely neglecting their destiny. And so they are now extinct. I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. This is Waiting for Obi, a Star Wars podcast. Well, I hope it doesn't take too long. I have work to do. Join us as we explore the stories told in a galaxy far, far away, providing narrative context and reactions to Star Wars on Disney Plus and beyond. Hello there. And now, Waiting for Obi, with your hosts, Jason and Kim. Hey everyone, we're we're back. Oddly hey! enough, I, I've Long missed time you. No here, I missed you too. I mean, I, I miss them listening to us. Oh, I miss them too. I mean, I guess I've talked to you. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> Unless you have a doppelganger. <laughs> I don't know. You know, maybe they could come in handy. I have. I just watched Multiplicity the other day, and I could use a copy of me to get some work done around the house. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, but we welcome back to Waiting for Obi, and we are here to. Uh, uh, we we have, we have set ourselves. I mean, unfortunately, me and Cam are both like completionists at heart, and with, the, <laughs> and with the impending arrival of the book of Fett, we said, "Gosh darn it, we need to finish up Star Wars Visions." So, uh, yep, we, yep. we are going to, uh, in rapid fire succession, uh, get through these last three shorts of Star Wars Visions, and uh, hopefully, if you enjoyed our work with what well, we've talked about Star Wars Visions so far, this will feel very similar. And if you have not, then well. Come by the end of the week, we'll be talking about the Book of Fett, and we're super excited yep. to jump into that as well. I'm very. The more I see the uh, teaser videos and stuff, the more excited I am getting. Yeah, for sure. Um, we do have some kind of a, a pile of like random fun facts and news and things. I think we are saving for our first Fett episode, uh, so we will we will table that momentarily. As Kim <laughs> looks at me like, I did. Where is all that stuff? <laughs> no, I know. I know. I've sent you two, a couple of articles that I was really excited about last week. So, so that's a teaser. You guys come watch, uh, come back for our uh, first review episode of, of the book of Fett when it drops. Uh, I'm going to say Thursday or Friday, uh, at least uh, certainly before the end of 2021. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I thought you were going to say 2022. <laughs> I thought I was about to say 2022 because I'm thinking I'm looking forward to 2022. You're thinking, yeah, exactly. Because that's just how it rolls off your tongue whenever you'd say that right now. I mean, at the end of 2020, we thought, well, 2021 has got to be better. Oh, it's got to be so much better. And it said, here, hold my uh, alcoholic beverage <laughs> and proceeded to kick me in the pants. Uh, it's all good. Um, but today, uh, today, we are going to talk about the seventh installment in Star Wars Visions, The Elder. Uh, produced by Anime Studio Trigger, um, we uh, ha- they have covered. They did do one other one in Star Wars Visions. They did the twins. Uh, oh, that was out loud. You you did say that one out loud. Yeah, the it twins was like one of our I can't, least favorite ones. It was very that one was very like crazy, like satirical. I don't Star know Wars what crazy. it was about it. I just didn't love it. And knowing that that's you do you. And knowing that going into this episode, I was a little concerned, but uh, we'll get yeah. into that a little oh, bit later. For sure. Yep, I was too. Um, kind of a fun fact about The Elder, it was directed by Masahiko Otsuka. Um, my Japanese is, is out of practice. Masahiko Otsuka. There we go. 
Otsuka. I like that. Um, he has been part of the production of a number of anime studios. Um, he did oh, okay. a lot of storyboarding early in his career, worked his way into episode directing. So just think of like someone who, you know, does like serialized TV episode directing on the various, you know, series as it goes through. Um, the Elder is actually his very last project in his career, which he wrote and directed in its entirety. So it's kind of like almost like a capstone piece for him, which is really oh wow, kind of interesting to, to see and think about, which is wait. Did he retire? What happened? Uh, he retired. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, he may, maybe he'll do more, but like, uh, I mean, according to the internet. <laughs> when you said it that way, and I was like, oh no, is this sad? <laughs> no, it's not sad. Okay. I don't think so. All right. He didn't have an end date to his, his, okay, good. His, <laughs> de- his life. So, um, but of course, uh, yeah. What are we doing next, Kim? We are warning you that if you have not watched, the elder we're gonna talk about all the stuff that happens so clearly spoilers uh, and always here at waiting for obi would like to provide some sort of narrative context or how these episodes uh, yeah, it's a little harder for these right yeah it's a little harder for these because these come back are... and boba there will definitely be star wars narrative context there um as we discussed before star wars visions is canon adjacent uh in that they do kind of adhere to canon in in some respects or are inspired by canon but they themselves do not affect the canon uh, as far as we're aware um there's there's very little to if any crossover i think disney wants ronin to but god ronin's killing it if you want if you want disney visions that's the one that you're going to find the most merch on is is ronin for mm-hmm. sure so if uh, anything happens that's the one i see if anybody becomes quote-unquote canon i think it would be that one that, yeah yeah um, so this particular episode takes place at some point, uh, based on context, during the High Republic period, prior to the events okay. of Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. That makes sense. Because we, uh, it does feature a Jedi Master and his Padawan mm-hmm. traveling the galaxy, doing the, the basically on patrol duty, <laughs> just like a, like a beat cop. Oh, yeah. Flying through the galaxy, <laughs> waiting for something to happen. Now, as much as Jason likes to do narrative context, I like to do voice acting because it's become really fun, at least a lot for these. Um, I'm looking at the American voice actors or the English voice actors, I guess, because that's most likely how you have your Disney Plus settings. And that's most likely how you may be enjoying these. But immediately, as soon as uh, our Jedi Master starts talking, I was sitting here going, oh, I know that voice. Who is that voice? I know that voice. And so I am DB to the rescue and I run over there and it's David Harbor of stranger things of black widow. Uh, what else? He, there's other stuff that he's done too, but that's what most people would probably recognize him from. Um, he's hopper on stranger things. And he is, what is, I can't remember his character's name in black widow, but uh, he's in that as well. Dan, which seems like such a bland Jedi Dan, the Jedi. Uh, he is voiced by Jordan Fisher, who American Idol. He's done some work for Disney. Uh, he, I, Jason, and I were talking that he did a cover of "You're Welcome" with Lin Manuel Miranda, mm. a- and the old man is voiced by James Hong, which is kind of James Hong is sort of the stereotypical old Japanese man in a lot of American movies. He has a, a huge smorgasbord list of acting credits to his name. That's fun. And it's really interesting how they've gone out, they've 
they went out of their way to get all these anime studios, some of which are well-known, but a lot of them are, like, up-and-coming, almost experimental in a way, getting mm-hmm. this opportunity to do these shows. Uh, you know, they, they get them produced out there, and they do all their voice acting out there, and then they come over here, and they have gotten some some names, like people that we recognize, to do to the voice talent, which is an interesting choice because you know, they didn't really put a whole lot of marketing stock uh, either in their names or, um, you know, in Star oh, Wars Visions sure. itself. So what's why, why the effort to, to get these actors? I'm, yeah. I would be very curious what the thought, like, why was that? Was it just so-and-so was on set that day and we pulled him in. Right. We said, Hey, we got this really cool project. Do you want to be a part of it? Are they secretly anime fans and wanted to be a part of it? I, I don't know. I mean, we've seen Neil Patrick Harris. We've seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt, David Harbour. There's been some more. Mm. And it's, you're right. They haven't, they have not mentioned that at all in the marketing for these, which you often see them do for Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Some, um, and I'm not as familiar with the voice acting world. I don't know that we've had any really big names from the voice acting world. Maybe a couple. So I'm surprised that they went for actors you know by face, whose faces you are not going right. to see, versus, you know, people who've been in voice acting for tons and tons of years. I mean, this seems like an excellent project for like a James Arnold Taylor. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, that he didn't get asked to do one. Or maybe he did. Maybe he was busy. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they'll do a behind the scenes of these. Like, I don't think they did, though. I mean, they've done that for Mandalorian and stuff like that, but I don't think they've done any behind the uh, behind the scenes isn't probably the right phrase but the making of the making of yeah yeah, yeah i don't know i mean anyway some time has passed so we're onto the show onto the show um so the elder uh of course uh, it starts with Dan, Dan the jedi sorry everyone else has these really cool who else do we know that has such a basic i'm sorry if anyone is named dan um it's it's just not your stereotypical jedi sounding name like we don't hear a lot of common names we know in our everyday life as names within the star wars universe it's always something kind of you know hans is probably the most familiar that would be to our normal day today Mm -hmm. that's true maybe maybe it's like maybe dan is like redshirt syndrome because we know he's gonna not make it Oh, wait, he does make it. Just kidding. He does make it. I was like, he's not the red shirt. <laughs> I watched shirt. this, I promise. <laughs> not the red shirt. Um, yeah, so Dan and uh, Taijin are traveling the galaxy. They are on patrol. Um, Dan uh, kind of... Dan's the board cop. Dan, Dan is the board cop. I mean, it's it kind of interesting. I, I find this dialogue here pretty, like, meh. Um, where Dan, yeah. Dan's talking to, about, how many planets have you visited? Like, great. What nice, awkward... Small talk. It was sort of awkward small talk. And I didn't pay. I was more at that point was going, whose voice is that? That I missed. That I, That's when I was digging through. When it really came through that I was like, I know who that is. So I wasn't totally paying attention to that. It was easy to look over dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, but as they're patrolling, of course, uh, Taijin senses a disturbance in the forest, as all good dun, dun, Jedi dun. masters do. Um, and Dan, clearly looking for some action, is hoping it is a Sith. Uh, even though they were destroyed a hundred years ago, so I'm not sure what hundreds. Sorry, not hundreds. Hundreds, yeah, hundreds of years ago, as as we hear often referred to in the Phantom Menace, um, the Sith have been extinct for thousands of years. Um, interesting that he, that he like jumped straight to that. Yeah, you know, we've seen this before with with Padawans who are just like anxious for anxious for you know battle. anxious to 
to fill all those stories that they've been told about Jedi's. Yeah. And he is very much that, in my opinion, he came across as very much that kind of bad one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they head down to the planet. Did they? I'm not sure they mentioned the planet, did they? Habo. Habo. Well, there you go. Planet, um, they jump to Habo, which is the only inhabitable planet nearby. And Habo is not a planet that we've heard of before, uh, as far as I'm aware. Um, but, you know, the Outer Rim is full of planets. I'm sure if I pulled up my Atlas, Habo would not be there, but it may be there now. Who knows? <gasps> I should check my Outer Rim board game. I don't think it's in there either. No, it's not. Maybe in the um, Star Wars Visions expansion that they're going to not do. They'll never do an expansion. Um, FFG. Anyway, so they land, of course, and I kind of joked that they split the party, but I felt like that the two went to the groups that they most relate to. So Dan is actually interacting, and they had mentioned that the the people of this planet are a little shy. So um, kind of over eager Dan, he's like, all right, just kind of stand back here. Don't don't scare the bejesus out of these people because you're so hyper and go play with the kids. <laughs> so Dan went to talk to the kids and Tajin, how are we saying his name? I'm saying Tajin, but that's Tijin? probably not correct because there's... I didn't hear him say it. Um, so he's talking to, you know, just the people of the planet and they learn that this elder man had just shown up and has taken to the mountains. That's not creepy at all. No, not old even guy a in the mountains. Bit. And so, so uh, they each, I, I joke and said that they split the party. So if you play D&D, uh, they Never split, the, split party. the party. You don't split the party. They go off in their own little ways. So Dan and the kiddos are going up a mountain going, some old guy can't get up here. And lo and behold, um, Tajin finds this dude's ship. Yeah, and it's very very much has the the kind of the, the Sith TIE fighter look to it. How they kept the ship working for hundreds of years. Well, I'm sure. It's powered by a, a holocron or some crazy story here. That's true. Yeah, so Dan finds the ship, uh, radios back, or comms no, back Tan- to... No, the other guy finds the ship. Oh, right. I don't know why I want Dan's wanna... playing with the kids. Dan's playing with the kids. Tyjin finds the ship. Yep. And they're, like, communicating back and forth. So he tells him that he's found the ship. In the meantime, Dan is then finds a dead Vamga who he'd been warned were very dangerous creatures and that sort of stuff. And it was had basically been killed with like a lightsaber strike. Mm. So he knows something out here is able to take on one of those creatures fairly easily. So he tells all the kiddos got to go home now. <laughs> now it's getting dangerous. So he sends the kiddos home. And then there's this cloaked figure behind him. Yeah, of course. Nice foreboding. foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Nobody I saw mean, that coming. This is very kind of typical storytelling for this kind of story, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Something must be here. Um, dun, dun, dun. There it is. Yeah. So uh, Dan turns around. He sees the elder uh, as crazy little me as foretold in the, the the narrative construct of the episode, um, which is something that Taijin hears over the comm. Of course, Taijin is going to come as quickly as he can, but not until uh, you know Dan's trying to find out from the elder, like 
who is he? I mean, he's more interested. Are you a Sith? He's more yeah. interested in whether he's a Sith or not versus like, you know, what are you actually doing here? You know, what's the point of you being here? Um, interestingly enough, the elder kind of goes into this diatribe about the Sith and they didn't fulfill their destiny. And mm-hmm. is he one or is he not one? And, and he, he refused the answer. So it seems like, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, light side and dark side. He seems like a fringe dark side element. <laughs> yeah. Beyond yeah. beyond Sith. Just just nuts crazy. Um Yeah, I think that's a good point because he even, you know, he talks about how the Sith have made themselves extinct mm-hmm. because all they want to do is fight. And then he proceeds to want to fight with Dan. But <laughs> it's almost like he sees himself as better than the Sith. Yeah. Ascended higher than the Sith or something like that. And there was also a callback to I say callback. I mean, chronologically, it's probably a call forward. But uh, looking back to the fight between Yoda and Count Dooku, where it's like, well, let's just shut up and fight, kind of thing. You know, his mm-hmm. his line of um, uh, "Let's stop talking and and see how you are with a lightsaber." I can't remember the exact quote, but it's very much that 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 style. Now, of course, I mean, I say of course. I'm saying of course of lot. I have to. <laughs> You have to pick another segue word. Have to pick another segue word. Um, <laughs> the the elder is is very much drawn in a kind of crazy old hermit style we see often oh, in yeah. anime. Um, I'm thinking, I did like that style in this. Mm-hmm. I like the style of this of this one a lot. Yeah, and his blades his blades are interesting because they're shorter, but they they kind of fan out at the hilt, mm-hmm. almost like a you know a short short sword or a dagger of some kind with some sort of uh guard it's inter- it's an interesting choice um but i like the style of it you know the two the the double wielding saber style mm-hmm. which we've seen you know oh, uh, ahsoka cool. ahsoka really enjoyed that style though does he definitely use these a lot differently here um and really you know takes dan down pretty quickly yeah he's pretty disappointed in the in the level of the matchup because dan Dan's just a bad one. So yeah. he, poor Dan, the bad one. He's, he's doesn't have a, a super strong force and he definitely isn't. I mean, there probably isn't as much to fight, especially if they're just he hawing around on patrol in the outer rim sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, the, the one killed me is he's like, all right, I'm going to just take you out. I'm going to sit here and wait for your buddy. Right. I mean, that was the whole point of really him fighting Dan was mm-hmm. to, to draw the was master to out. Draw in. He- yep. And it seems like, kind of in retrospect, this is almost like, I'm nearing my end. I really want one last good That's fight. what it felt like. Yep, yep. Because, um, yeah, so he he slices Dan. Kind of, we're not really sure of the fate of Dan at this point. Yeah, you it know, looked whether, pretty bad. It looked pretty bad. I did not, I personally did not think he was going to survive. Clearly, I forgot that he did. He actually did. <laughs> <laughs> um, poor Dan. Poor Dan the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah the elder and taijin really go at it but taijin shows a good fight scene yeah it was really good and, and i really liked how they displayed kind of the there's almost an imbalance of power in, in favor of the jedi master uh in the way the fight was choreographed and staged and it it ended pretty quickly and they kind of alluded <laughs> to the fact that he was that the elder was still alive like he was being held t- together 
you know, kind of like by the forest, almost kind of the way Yoda, you know, lived for so long. Mm-hmm. And just like when age caught up and time just gave out that he just, you know, in this case, turned into ash. But he had some, I mean, he, he was still able to throw out some force lightning. He was, yeah. It was, it was, I mean, clearly. Which was pretty cool. Had some and well, news. And, and I think a lot of it, though, is I think it was trying to give you an idea that clearly this guy's a bit past his prime. Mm-hmm. Had they met when he was in his prime, this could have been a very different fight. And so that's why I think you're right. He wanted one last good challenge before he kind of gave up. But I, I did I did kind of dig this fight scene because you have the force lightning and then Dan saves the day and hurls, <laughs> hurls you know, was able to force throw a, a, a lightsaber into him. Yeah. Or a, enough to distract him that then um, Tangent can make the final blow yeah there was yeah and then some, you're right then he's just gone <laughs> there was definitely some inspiration from the the dooku anakin obi-wan yeah fights for sure a lot of that pre the, a lot of the prequel sabers were seemed to be uh, a huge inspiration for how this was kind of staged and, and thought through mm-hmm. uh, and then in all that with him getting jabbed and stabbed and all that jazz he still manages to blow up a ship while he does which i'm not sure I mean, I guess they just didn't want them to find out who he was or where he came from. or Well, well, and if he did have a holocron in there, then yeah, what would that have out. led them to? Yeah. So, kind of eliminates any possibility of this story continuing past uh, the Elder's death, but yeah. Boom goes, goes the ship. ship. <laughs> and, uh... What we have in our notes, you guys. That's what we did. Um, yeah, so then they just... You know, Dan gets healed up. All the kids are happy because to the kids, he's their little hero, mm-hmm. right? You know, so he gets to live a little bit of that. And it's really just more of Tangent Tan- kind of realizing that the only reason, or he felt like the only reason that he was able to win that fight so easily is because of time that the old man was clearly out of his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, so that of course becomes a teaching lesson to the pad one, right? Yeah. Like we like nice, fuzzy teaching lessons and yay, morals. Yep. Yeah, so they tie this one up in a nice bow. It had a nice ending. And uh yeah, I was good. You know, looking at this one compared to the other one the studio did because the studio did the twins. This is clearly This is clearly better. And it shows the I think it shows the impact that a director can have over a studio's style mm-hmm. um over you know, storytelling ability cuz clearly uh they approach this one very differently. This one felt it felt more traditional, almost felt classical in a way. Like if you can have mm-hmm. like a classical feeling, uh, the way kind of the the look at. I guess it felt more. I mean, aside from the aside from calling it Dan, uh, everything else felt very kind of traditional Japanese in a way. Maybe it was Don. Don. I don't know. I'm like Han. Oh, oh, I, I see where you, I see where you went there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but I enjoyed. It. I really liked. Um, I think it was added by the, the soundtrack was very traditional Japanese instrument folk. I like the soundtrack in um, this one a lot. A lot solo, I noticed that yeah. a lot of solo shakuhachi uh, was was played, especially at the end, which is a very meditative instrument used a lot in, mm-hmm. in traditional Japanese meditation and and uh, classical Japanese music. So it gave a nice feel for the whole the whole episode. I I did enjoy this one. It's definitely on the higher echelon of. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would agree. Of visions for me. Um, nice, complete story. Uh, aside from the kind of awkward dialogue at the beginning, I think overall it's a good, nice package. And if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it, you should. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but if you have any other thoughts on this episode you'd like to share, you feel free to drop us an email at contact at waitingforobi.com or find us on Facebook at Waiting for then, Woohoo! Because sometimes we put stuff over there. Yeah. And we'll have some more goodies, I think, over there once Boba, like as we see articles and stuff like that, we like to share. But come back next time for our thoughts and opinions on the next episode of Star Wars Vision. We will see you again very shortly. Bye! You have been listening to Waiting for Obi, presented by The Chance Cube. Thank you for spending time with us today. We hope you join us again. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash waitingforobi. Until next time, may the Force be with you. This program is a Rogue One, not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company.